The Annex are, by their very definition, a disorderly lot, the structure of their sect, if it can even be called that, varying from city to city, nation to nation. They may gather round ideals, but even when it comes to that they squabble and argue over what it means to truly be free. Barons instead of princes, clan representatives instead of primogen, absolute anarchy, or the ivory tower with a different coat of paint. The Sabbat, on the other hand, remains a guided force, a hierarchical organization built much like an army. While the shovelhead fighting a war over New York may not know much about what is going on, the regent of the sect, the cardinals, the prisky, all the way down to the individual packs, all fit together into this great roiling war machine. Were it not for their purpose, the Sabbat would consume itself in its unbridled fanaticism and schisms, but the war against the antediluvians and their puppets keep them focused, more or less. The Camarilla, however, is unlike both of these parties. Princes are the authorities of their cities, ruling together with, over, or despite the Primogen, a council of elders that is usually, but far from always, composed of representatives from all Camarilla-aligned clans in the city. The Prince is the one who, usually, has the ultimate right in all manners of domain and tradition, as they are the ones who claim an entire city as their domain. Yet while that is correct in theory, rare is the prince who can ignore the demands of the primogen, or the watchful eyes of the justicars, agents of the inner circle who have authority challengeable only by other justicars, or by the inner circle itself. And what of this inner circle? A group so secretive that few, if any, kindred know all who sit on it. Indeed, while a lowly neonate may spend the majority of their own life blissfully unaware of what the inner circle might even be, the more powerful they become, the higher the chance that they will, at one point or another, run into the Justicars, or their own personal agents, the Archons. Perhaps one day they may meet a member of the inner circle itself, but chances are they won't even know it as revealing their identity as one of these secretive masters would surely be tantamount to suicide. The inner circle has many enemies after all, and even Raphael de Corazon, one of the Camarilla's founders, and one whose lust for praise and glory is unmatched by any, is reluctant to even discuss the rumor that he is one of its members. What is suspected, however, is that the inner circle is composed of at least some members of those kindred who were called the Founders, of whom the Corazon can be counted, the seven vampires who originally established the Camarilla. They quietly retired from the titles of Justicars following the Convention of Thorns, and is believed to have either washed their hands of running the sect, or, more likely, ascended to sit at its governing body. Perhaps the most well-known member of the Founders is Hardestat the Younger, who, if any, is the most likely candidate to be a member of the Inner Circle as well. The Camarilla is said to have been the brainchild of this vampire's sire, Hardestat the Elder, who was then diabolized by the Bruja Tyler during the beginning of the Anarch Revolt. This fact is, however, not widely known, and most kindred simply refers to the Ventru as Hardestat. 
The Inner Circle convenes every 13th year in Venice, with few exceptions, and during these meetings they elect or re-elect their Justicars, discuss recent events, and even sometimes direct the Camarilla at large, producing edicts that most princes are expected to follow. The Inner Circle also makes rulings on whose name should be added to the Red List and join the Anathema, Kindred so despised by the Camarilla that any and all who encounter them are free to make an attempt on their lives. The inner circle's dealings are seldom spoken of outside of these meetings, and between high-ranking members of the Camarilla, but one such decision is the promise of 1528, a deal made with the Clan Giovanni that would make the Italian kindred remain outside of vampire politics and go unpunished for the purge of the Cappadocians, their parent clan. Many who knew of this would argue that this is damning evidence that, underneath the pretenses of civility and humanity, the vampires of the Camarilla are just as much monsters as any other. One other stipulation of the promise was that the Circle would be allowed to convene in Venice undisturbed, despite the city being firmly controlled by the necromancers. The Justicars, one for each clan in the sect, are the hands, eyes, and most importantly mouths of the inner circle. They are public individuals of great power and with near-limitless authority in sect matters, who can even depose a prince from their throne in a city, should it come to that. They are able to call conclaves, gatherings of the sect where matters concerning the entire ivory tower may be discussed. Any kindred can bring a matter to be raised here, and thus, these meetings can last for quite some time, but usually the topics are of greater importance than one particular grievance between two vampires. Interpretations of the traditions, grave masquerade violations, blood hunts and wars, these are all topics that a conclave can, and have, debated, and any Camarilla kindred looking to get more familiar with the influencers of the sect ought eagerly to attend these events. Due to the title of Justicar being highly public and bringing with it status and influence, the nomination and appointment for these positions is a drawn-out, highly political affair. Many times a new Justicar is a compromise as the most apt candidate may prove too dangerous with the powers they would be given. Even so, incompetence amongst their ranks would be a disgrace towards both the inner circle and the sect at large, so the system has a way of regulating itself. In 1998, the seven Justicars appointed were Yaroslav Pasek of the Bruja, Xavier of the Gangrel, Maris Streck of the Malkavians, Cock Robin of the Nosferatu, Madame Gui of the Toreador, Anasdash de Zagreb of the Tremere, and Lucinde of the Ventru. Madame Gui is the only veteran Justicar, the others all new appointments. And in 1999, Xavier formally left his position, declaring that Gangrel would no longer be part of the Ivory Tower. Yet in 2011, as the council once again reconvened, they appointed new Jessicars. Maris Streck had since been executed for her role in a kindred slave trade, exposed by Theo Bell. And Gangrel received a new appointment as Jessicar, this one being Geoffrey Lay, an established and powerful member of the clan. But in the modern nights, neither they nor the Bruja are said to retain a Justicar, Manuela Cardoso Pinto, the appointed Bruja Justicar, having stepped down after the events of the Convention of Prague. The other appointees were Juliet Parr for Malkavian, Molly MacDonald for Nosferatu, Diana Yadanza for Toreador, 
Ian Carfax for Tremere, Lucind remaining for Ventru, and Kasim Bayar representing for the first time the Banu Hakim, or rather a splinter faction of the clan who joined the Camarilla in the early 2000s. Clan La Sombra, being the most recent clan to join the Camarilla, have not yet been given a Justicar position, and it is speculated whether or not they will come the next convening of the Inner Circle. The Justicar's concerns are many, so to aid them they will recruit Archons, most often from other clans, bloodbound them and set them out to gather information, representing the Justicars on matters they are unable to attend to, and rooting out the enemies of the Camarilla by any means necessary. There are no formal regulations on how many Archons can serve a Justicar. They pick as many as they see fit. A rough estimate would put the number somewhere between 50 and 250, depending entirely on how much work the Justicars expect to be doing. During the recent East Coast conflict with the Sabbat, the number is assumed to have swelled significantly as matters were more dire, while they are expected to have shrunk once relative ceasefire was achieved. Some Justicars have a very ordered system of Archons, employing everything from scholars to field agents and even diplomats, while others will simply pick those they trust implicitly. As an Archon is a proxy of their Justicar, any and all actions they do also reflect upon their superior, and thus it can easily become unmanageable to have too many Archons to keep track of. Princes, and even Primogen, well, technically any kindred of the Camarilla, but what Neonate would dare to, may call upon the attention of the Justicars should they suspect threats to the Camarilla at large. They may even do so if they feel personally threatened, or are facing a force vastly outmatching the kindred under their rule, but such dealings bring with it its own score of troubles. A Justicar will usually dispatch an Archon or more to investigate the matter, unless they feel like it is urgent enough to require their immediate presence. Should the call for help prove false, or merely hint at a weakness in the rulership rather than anything more severe, the Justicars may decide not to act, or even to revoke the prince's right to domain if they consider them too incompetent to handle matters on their own. Naturally, this means that few princes are eager to get the Justicars involved in their matters unless they feel truly threatened, which in turn might inspire some of the more hardline and cruel measures put in place by a city's ruling elite. There are no requirements for a kindred to be assigned Archon. The Justicars are free to pick and choose however they want, so it is entirely reasonable to assume that even younger vampires may become hand-picked to investigate or settle some matters for their Justicar superiors. That being said, just like with everything in the Camarilla, the failure of your subordinate reflects poorly on you, so only in the most dire circumstances would a Justicar consider recruiting the young or inexperienced. Some Justicars may even specialize in their dealings, recruiting Archons specifically for one purpose. Cock Robin is famous for having had a vested interest in the Anarch Free States, and its dismantling, recruiting his Archons for that purpose. Among the Archons are also the Allosaurs, Archons who have impressed the Inner Circle to the extent that they are recruited to hunt the Red Listers, those kindred most wanted who the Circle wishes destroyed. As Archons are bloodbound to their Justicars, it's unsure exactly how the process works in realigning their loyalty to the Inner Circle, but if any Camarilla vampires would know how to manipulate a bloodbond, it would be these ancient kindred. An Alastor has absolute freedom from prosecution. 
No prince may interfere in their work, yet they very rarely reveal their presence or even their status. They are secret agents with a singular mission, and it is usually not publicly known who they are, although some, like Lucinde, are famous enough for it. Lucinde is even ranked as a Red Alastor, meaning she has killed one of the five most wanted on the Red List, which puts her in charge of supervising the other Alastors as well. None of these kindred, perhaps with the exception of the odd Archons, are commonly encountered by Neonates or even Ancillae. To them, the Camarilla's power often begins and ends with the Prince. Yet these are the Camarilla's power made manifest. A small group of kindred vested with the power to depose, or even destroy, any kindred who threaten or questions the power of the Ivory Tower and of its shadowy ruling elite. The end times are surely nigh, for the mighty antediluvian snow, whose grand vision guides my hand, and Adam Daw, whose strings pull at my very soul, are among us. Their patronage is a blessing as the time of judgment draws near, and I pray for their benevolence. The Methuselah, her satanic majesty Danny, reborn through fire and ice, Maximilian S. Hardcastle, who maneuvers the chess pieces of the Jihad with the ease, and Bambi Parsons, whose passion courses through my veins, are joined by Socrates Johnson, the ancient scholar of lore who has seen fit to engage once more in our nightly games. Blessed be they for their interest in the works of our council. Ian Nichols has ascended to the seat of Primogen, where his insight and wisdom shall help guide us through the night. He is joining Edward Reed, Colin Gifford, 06, Stonewolf18, Jokerman, Cal Constantine, and Laurent Eason in their work, and we are eternally grateful for their wise counsel in these times. Our elders Dante the Canine, What's That Smells His Blood, Remy Van Roy, Gaslight88, Aubrey Ayers, Nongod, June Pocholo, and Justin S. receive our blessings for their devotion to our cause and for the example they set for the younger kindred of our sect. We would also wish to send our thanks to the Ancillae Harry Wyckoff, Envihan, and Yudan for their support, and would likewise welcome Al to their ranks. Finally, our stalwart neonates shall, as always, receive our appreciation for their services. And thank you for watching. Now be careful out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.